0: The Capital Gazette Murder Trial From Chris Gordon News and Vox Topica Here's your host, Chris Gordon Three years after the mass shootings at the Capital Gazette newspaper in Annapolis The families of the victims and shooting survivors get their chance To speak in court before the judge renders the sentence On the convicted shooter, 41-year-old Jared Ramos.
1: Today is a day that should feel like a monumental end of something, but um, I'm still not sure that something will ever end.
0: Andrea Chambly, the widow of murdered Capitol Gazette reporter John McNamara, speaking from the heart about the pain and sadness inflicted on them. The prosecutor calling a dozen family members and shooting survivors to the front of the courtroom to speak, with a convicted killer sitting just a few feet away. They were part of the prosecutor's case, asking the judge for the maximum sentence allowed under Maryland law, life in prison without the possibility of parole. And
1: I really want to thank them for giving me the opportunity to look my mom's killer in the eyes and remind him that the legend of Wendy Winters will never die.
0: Summerly Williams Geimer sharing her pride. Her mother Wendy Williams was called a hero during the trial for running at the gunman Jared Ramos, throwing a trash can at him in an attempt to save others in the newsroom when he began shooting. Having her mother called a hero is a comfort, but it doesn't erase her daughter's loss.
1: She will always be my mommy. I don't care that I'm 23 now. She's my mommy. And I love her so much. And I miss her every single day.
0: Her sister, Montana, shares her sadness.
1: The thing that has really been the biggest impact for us is we ran out of time with our mother. Um, We lost the storyteller of our family. And as a community, we lost the storyteller for everyone that is an Annapolitan. She's gone, she was taken from us.
0: Rebecca Smith was the first person shot. Her sister, Cindy, says.
1: I don't want her to be remembered as just the person, you know, that died in a hospital due to a shooting. I wanted her to be remembered as a fun, sarcastic, loving individual who cared about her family
0: more than anything else. Maria Hyacin addressed the court saying, I am Rob Hyacin's widow. I waited for this day to say out loud in court, Rob didn't do anything wrong. The Capital Gazette didn't do anything wrong. Every Thanksgiving and Christmas, our family knows the gift that keeps on giving. We miss him every day. Erica Fishman shared a Valentine's poem written by her late husband, editor Gerald Fishman. It says, I love you each day, honey, from the moment that I wake, and I'm going to keep on loving you until the last breath I take. The families of the five victims of the mass shootings were joined addressing the court by some of the shooting survivors who hid in fear as Ramos moved through their newsroom with a shotgun. Ramos wearing protective eyeglasses and earplugs, shooting after blockading the exit doors so no one could escape. In court, Rachel Pacella told the judge she has PTSD and can have a panic attack at any time. During the three-week-long trial of shooter Jared Ramis, his lawyers asserted the insanity defense, trying to prove that a combination of mental illnesses caused him to lack the capacity to appreciate the criminality of his conduct or to conform his conduct to the requirements of law. But the jury, in their verdict, rejected that defense, finding him criminally responsible. The psychiatrist appointed by the court testified that Ramos told him he has no remorse, and his only regret is that he didn't kill more people. Ramos told the psychiatrist he was upset that he shot only five of the 11 people in the newsroom that day, specifically mentioning that he was upset to later learn reporter Celine Sanfelice survived by hiding under a desk with an intern. At Ramus's sentencing, San Felice said, I've become a more committed journalist. The day after the shooting, I went back to work. I live to spread the truth. Remember this, you cannot kill the truth.
1: Um, It felt really good to be able to look the judge in the eye and also to be able to look the shooter in the eye. Um, It meant a lot to me to be able to tell him to his face that he failed.
0: During the emotional victim impact statements, Ramos sat silently, revealing nothing. His lawyers told the judge, Mr. Ramos has instructed us not to raise any challenges to the proceedings. Prosecutor Ann Leitis spoke, reviewing Ramos's motive for attacking the Capital Gazette. It was revenge for a news report it published with the headline, Jared wants to be your friend. The article detailing the criminal harassment charge a woman brought against him. Ramos pleaded guilty, but the conviction was later expunged. He felt the article was incorrect and made him look crazy. He wanted a retraction, demanding an apology. He got neither. He sued the newspaper, a reporter and editor for defamation. His lawsuit was dismissed and his appeals denied. He felt the system of justice was broken, planning his attack between 2015 and 2018. The prosecutor says first he considered a Timothy McVeigh-style bombing of Maryland's highest court, but heavy security there made him reconsider. He then decided to target the Capital Gazette, feeling a mass shooting there was justified. The prosecutor saying after losing two lawsuits, the only way he could go on was to hurt others. Light is saying he likes to make people pay, and now he must pay. She asked Judge Michael Wax to impose the maximum sentence allowed by Maryland law, life in prison without the possibility of parole requesting that the judge express his intentions clearly so the sentence won't be modified if Ramos's case ever undergoes legal review. Just before imposing sentence, the judge turned to the defense, giving Ramos's attorney their opportunity. Katie O'Donnell stood beside Ramos, telling the judge a long time passed between when he began to develop his plan and when he carried it out. He held off because of his cat. Tiger, who a psychiatrist hired by the defense had testified was the most meaningful attachment in his life. Tiger had cancer and that one attachment to a living creature was enough to stop him. Ramos took action on his plan only after Tiger was dead. The defense lawyer said during the three week long trial that Ramos sat in court like a robot but that he started to cry each time his cat was mentioned the defense attorney says mr ramos's mental illness is real his delusional thinking forms the basis and foundation of what happened she says over the years between 2015 and 2018 there were numerous warning signs about mr ramos but no one took action to intervene to stop him or to help him The defense lawyer concluded by saying Mr. Ramos has specifically advised counsel he does not want to argue for leniency. She then asked Ramos if he wished to make a statement. There was a brief pause and then she said your honor he indicated he has nothing he wishes to say. Then it was time for the court to render the sentence Judge Wax addressing Ramos. To say you had a callous disregard for human life is an understatement. Explaining the rationale for his decision, the judge said The defendant is a man who spent years planning his mass shooting. To my shock, he described those years as enjoyable as he planned his cold blooded and calculated attack on employees of a small town newspaper. He has no remorse, he told the psychiatrist. If by some miracle he was released, he would kill again. In announcing the sentence, the judge made clear the defendant did not get the final say. The Capital Gazette and the community got the final say. Five life sentences without the possibility of parole for the five murders, running consecutively. That means the sentences must be served one after another, after another, after another. The judge imposed an additional life sentence for the attempted murder of photographer Paul Gillespie, who narrowly escaped death when he felt shotgun pellets whizz by his head. And for the assault on the six survivors of the shootings, an additional sentence amounting to more than 300 years in prison. Outside the courthouse, prosecutor Ann Lydis said justice was served.
1: The judge made clear what his intentions were and the judge was crystal clear that Jared Ramos should never be allowed to walk out of prison.
0: The prosecutor says Ramos attacked the Capitol Gazette to get even after losing his defamation lawsuits against the newspaper.
1: He thought he had the last word as he left the courtroom. He tried to stare me down, but that didn't work either. Because I looked right back at him, he did not have the last word. The judge had the last word, the community had the last word. All of us here have the last word. He, he thinks that he won, he didn't win. He hurt people, but he did not win.
0: Some of the victim's family members feel this sentence gives them the chance to begin the process of healing. Wendy Williams' daughter, Montana.
1: It gives us solace that for the rest of his life, he will be alone in a prison cell and he'll have to live with his own actions.
0: Many victims worried that if Ramos was sentenced to life in prison, but had the possibility of parole, they might have to relive their nightmare. Rebecca Smith's sister, Cindy Rittenauer, expressed gratitude that the judge imposed five life sentences without the possibility of parole, relieving the families of the burden of having to attend hearings in the future and testify against him again.
1: I'm, I'm relieved that we got the sentencing that we had wished for, you know, waiting for three years. It's the moment that, you know, determined whether we were going to be able to actually fully heal or if we would still have something that was going to have to keep us going through who knows how long.
0: Shooting survivor, Celine San Felice, says the maximum sentence will not heal all wounds, but it's a start.
1: It's, it's an immense amount of closure to be able to see them take him away forever, to never have to think about seeing him again, um, to never have to feel anxious um, about going into court again for him.
0: Photographer Paul Gillespie says there are still serious challenges to face, I
1: don't think there's ever going to be any closure. I mean, I lost five of my family members. I was almost killed myself. Um, it's something that haunts me every day.
0: Survivors say Ramos attacked the First Amendment, freedom of the press. Celine Sanfelice hopes this case will strengthen the commitment to local news and the need for communities to support newspapers at a time when reporters are being laid off or underpaid.
1: And we've become a family, and we're a family that fights for the truth. And we're journalists at heart. Even if we can't afford to be journalists anymore with a business card or a press badge, we're always going to keep fighting for the truth. Um, And there are so many more of us out there. So we're never going to stop.
0: This has been the Capital Gazette Murder Trial Podcast. I'm Chris Gordon. I'd like to end by adding a brief personal postscript. I retired as a TV news reporter in Washington DC, Maryland and Virginia in the spring of 2021 after almost 45 years on the air. During that time, I also worked as an anchor at Court TV. I'm a lawyer and have covered my share of trials. As the Capital Gazette trial approached after long procedural and COVID delays, I made the decision to take myself out of retirement and start this podcast. I wanted to cover the final chapter of this story, which I've been reporting on since the shooting at the Capitol Gazette on June 28, 2018. Over the years, I interviewed families whose loved ones were murdered and some of the shooting survivors. I reported on the recognition and honors the Capitol Gazette staff received, including Time Magazine's. Person of the Year in 2018. I've covered memorials to the five Capitol employees killed, including a garden in an Annapolis park near the courthouse where this trial was held. And I was at the dedication ceremony of the memorial called the Guardians of the First Amendment with its five pillars, remembering Gerald Fishman, Rob Hyacin, John McNamara, Rebecca Smith, and Wendy Winters. I took myself out of retirement because I felt the need to see this story through to the end and to do it with in-depth reporting, taking the time that the families of the victims, survivors and the community deserve. I hope it shines some light on why and how it happened. We have witnessed far too many mass shootings in the United States finding few, if any, answers to how to avoid more. Since 1999, the year of the massacre at Columbine High School in Colorado, at least 2,000 people have been killed or injured in mass shootings in the U.S., according to Reuters news agency. There are statistics that show one in three mass shootings involve a shooter who was legally prohibited from possessing firearms at the time of the shooting. That's according to everytownresearch.org. That website says, Mass shooters often display dangerous warning signs before the violence, such as recent acts or threats. Some of the families of the victims in the Capital Gazette mass shootings question why Jared Ramos was able to buy a shotgun after his previous conviction for harassment. It was expunged from his record. And they ask why warnings to authorities about threats he made resulted in no action to stop him or help him. As a result of the Capitol Gazette shootings, John McNamara's widow, Andrea Chambly, testified before Maryland lawmakers on behalf of background checks. Then, at the sentencing of Ramos, she made public a disturbing revelation in her victim impact statement, saying, While drowning in my own grief, I myself became a target for my advocacy for gun safety. Armed white supremacists and extremists tracked me down. They broke into my house. I received threatening letters, had to remove my name and address from mailing lists repeatedly, and even at the post office itself so it wasn't publicly available to those terrorists. Chambly says she now has a safety network supporting her. Finally, there's the message the survivors of this newsroom shooting hope hits home. They want us to understand the importance of local news at a time that newspapers are losing subscribers. Many of the journalists who worked at the Capital Gazette at the time of the shootings have left because they can no longer afford to work there. They are asking you to support your local newspaper. Subscribe and pay for reporters, editors, and staff who seek the truth, gather the facts, and deliver it to your door, your phone, or your screen. It's their mission to continue the work of their five colleagues who were killed on the job, the guardians of the First Amendment, freedom of the press. Thanks for listening. The Capital Gazette Murder Trial podcast is a production of Chris Gordon News and Vox Topica. Special thanks to Deborah Cohen Gordon and Robin Fader Photography. Now that the Capital Gazette Murder Trial has ended, I'm going to pivot and continue podcasting as Chris Gordon News, focusing on topics and interviews I hope you'll find interesting and enlightening. Civil rights, civil liberties and hopefully civil discussion. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts.